0: So we're pre-grumming now. I only have four minutes of pre-grum. Maybe I need to come on here earlier and pre-grum.
1: Okay, shut up. Because we have to grease.
0: We have to grease it up for the pre-grum. Because I'm feeling very blonde, very sandy. Hey, why is
1: it torn in half? Old girlfriend was in the
0: picture. Uh, Ugh I need more volume. For stockard
1: channing. Sandy. Here's your toothbrush. Oh, thanks, Reggie. Oh, okay. I'm sorry to be so much trouble. Sorry to be so much trouble. No, oh, it's
0: okay. Uh this getting two shoes makes
1: me want to Two shoes makes me want a box. Look at me. I'm Sandra Dee, lousy with virginity, won't go to bed till I'm legally wed, I can't, I'm Sandra Dee. Watch it! Hey, I'm Doris Day. I was not brought up that way, won't come across even Rock Hudson lost his heart to Doris Day a drink, drink. <gasps> or
0: swear wow. i don't wow. wrap my hair oh. i get you ill from one cigarette, cigarette. <clears throat> keep your filthy paws off of my silky, silky drawers would you pull
1: that crap with or a net as for you troy donna you i know what you want to do you've got your crust i know i'm checked
0: fun of me Riz. You're making fun of me, Riz? Some people can be so touchy. Some people are so touchy. Uh yeah. Stranded at the driving. You know when she sings, Would you pull that crap with Annette? I didn't know if she was talking about Annette Funicello. I had no idea who Annette Funicello was when I was a little girl. A little gal? And so um How can you believe her?
1: Okay, goody
0: choosing, makes me want to barf. Oh, okay. No, not that. <laughs> Sorry, just shut up. So when makes she, me want to barf. So when she said the part about, would you pull... Okay, the- goody, goody choosing makes me want to barf. Oh. <laughs> would you pull that crap with a net? I thought she was talking about like a net for fishing or like a fishnet pantyhose. I didn't know. I was a dumb naive little girl. Girls. Okay, um, so now, you know, I like to do a little musical start, a little musical number, and then I like to do something that's a little bit more hip, so what did I have for my hip thing? It should be all queued up, but I got, I wanted to reset my computer, so it was firing on all cylinders. Um, I'm going to play some Jenny Lewis, who was the lead singer of Rilo Kylie, and who is extraordinary. Okay? She's extraordinary. And this is my favorite song off of her last album that came out last year. It's called Red Bull and Hennessy. And then we'll start. Then we'll officially start. Rip on- her she's so great she's so great I know I get on my friend Debbie about always playing ma- music on her podcast I'm like stop it just stop with the music but it, honestly like she plays Debbie Gibson and the princess diaries two soundtrack right this is like good alternative music there's a line in that song where she sings never gonna get it back with again without that spark and so she almost named the song spark you know, because you need that chemistry, that action, that action. I want to live. Reagan and Fox. Reagan fox. Fox. theme music. City,
1: fox in the city. F-E-A-A, and give me, a BJ, and give
0: me a... It just feels so official when I have the theme song. Here we can do like an extended remix. Some, some, um listener from many,
1: many moons back made this. When the pimp's in the crib, man, fuck it in the A, fuck
0: it in the A, fuck it in the A. When the pigs try to get at you, fuck it in the A, fuck it in the A, fuck it in the A. But, Fu- get an attitude, fuck it in the A, fuck it in the A, fuck it in the A. I the I'm the
1: roll it on my woman and I'm pouring Sean down and I'm over the best
0: Cause I got it going bucket bucket in the. Fuck it in the. Bitches. <laughs> but I wasn't anticipating that little bitches. That little bitches that was pinned on to the end of that so perfectly. Uh, what is Sean Don? What is that? Is that Chateau Saint Michel? I just realized this week that that woman Nicole Franzel from Big Brother. Uh, she she no longer has her endorsement deal with Chateau Saint Michel, because she was making fun of somebody with autism, which is terrible. She wasn't the only one. There was a whole a whole gang of them, a whole cluster of them making fun of Ian, the guy who has uh, autism. On that show, was on the spectrum, which I think is just awful. So it is a hundred and seventy eight days of lockdown and even more days of pandemic. And you know what that
1: means. You're gonna die soon, you're gonna die soon. It's not cold in here, <laughs> you're, you're just, just dying. dying. You're gonna die soon, you're gonna die soon. You in the back, you are dying soon. soon. You're gonna die soon, you're gonna die soon. We're all gonna die, but, but not as soon as, soon as, as you go. guys. You're gonna <laughs> die.
0: You're gonna die. You're dying. I love that so much. You know, I said I'm just, you're going to hear that song at the start of every show because I think it just so perfectly fits in. So we uh, are in the midst of all this illness, and it, it, and when you lose 200,000 people, that's a death toll right now as a result of COVID, and that Trump maniac who knew back in February admitted to Bob Woodward that he knew how contagious and how deadly this was, and then tried to pass it off as a democratic hoax. It really puts it into perspective on a day like 9-11, which is the day that I'm recording this. If you're watching live, you know that. Um, so happy 9-11. That doesn't sound right. Doesn't sound right to say happy 9-11. Not a happy day. What do people say today? They say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They say, 9-11, never forget. Now, imagine that somebody said in response to 9-11, never forget. No, sorry, all days matter. All days matter. What about... September 10th matters. September 15th. October 311th matters. See how stupid that sounds? I mean, like, just imagine for a second that your father has just passed away and you're crying on the friend. Of a shoulder. And I know intimately what that feels like because my father is dead. And you're crying on the shoulder of a friend. And your friend is like, Ew, get your tears off of me. Stop whining about your father. All fathers matter. And you're like, Yeah, but my dad just died. And Did your father die and your friend was like, Just because your dad was killed in some
1: freak accident, nobody can have one? I'll tell you something. My daddy's alive and yours is dead and ain't nothing gonna change that.
0: I mean, that is very much to me what All Lives Matter sounds like. That is All Lives Matter. That Janine Garofalo clip is all lives matter so we're gonna play it again because i want the people who still don't understand the people all the way in the back who maybe haven't heard the message and the comparisons so they know how idiotic they sound when they say all lives matter this is what you sound like okay
1: just because your dad was killed in some freak accident nobody can have one i'll tell you something my daddy's alive and yours is dead and ain't nothing gonna change that
0: (laughs) i miss Strangers of candy so much. I miss Janine Garofalo being edgy. I tried to watch some of her comedy on Amazon Prime and I was just like, "Oh, I don't know. And she just once she once you get too political, like it's good to have like political jokes, but sometimes you just cross over to where your whole act is political and you completely lose your edge. And that's what I think happened to her okay but so the first part of the show is dedicated to all things that are morose and and deadly and disease-ridden and so i was reading through yahoo news as the bottom does on a friday after a faculty meeting on zoom and i learned that louis vuitton has just manufactured a full face shield with gold bolts, solid gold bolts that will retail at $1,000. So it's pandemic, but fashion. Pandemic, but fashion. Do you see what I'm saying?
1: You have to smile with your eyes. The difference between
0: and Do you see what I'm saying? So it's like, if you're going to be going out there, there's a difference between just wearing this and then having like a full on face mask and being able to smile with your eyes. Thank you, Tyra. I want the fashion industry even more invested in disease couture. I think that needs to be an an entire genre of clothing and fashion. When I watch, what's that show, Project Runway, I want Christian Siriano to go into the workroom because he's the new Tim Gunn because we can't have anybody who's old, especially not in fashion. We have to make it work, so let's get young Tim Gunn. Let's get the young bottom. Come on, Christian Siriano, Christian Siriano. You've been through this. What is our next challenge? Our next challenge is disease couture. Uh, Let's reimagine just for a moment. You know that famous scene from The Devil Wears Prada when Anne Hathaway gets the makeover from Stanley Tucci playing a gay guy because, God forbid, we allow a gay person to play that role. Stanley Tucci, by the way, was fabulous in that role. He was so good. But still, like, there are plenty of gay actors who need that role. But I digress. Okay, so remember when she goes in there and um, Emily Blunt is talking with her snooty friend's... And they're like, are those the, and she goes, the Chanel boots, why? <laughs> yes, they are. I mean, that's that pretty woman moment, right? Where she goes back into the sales girls and it's like, you work off commission, right? Big mistake, huge. That's that's the pretty woman moment in that show. So let's just reimagine that where Anne Hathaway comes in and the girls are like, are those that, and Anne Hathaway, you know, she goes, "The Chanel, the, the, the Chanel vaginal sponges. Well, yes, they are. They're currently soaking up and killing sperm from a thousand loads that I just took at lunch. Imagine, designer disease couture. Disease prevention couture. I love it. Or, oh, are those the Prada butt plugs? Yes, they are. And they've got doo-doo all over them, so you know, I've poo-poo come twice. So if it starts to smell like lunch, only dotier, That's That's what you're smelling, that's what you're smelling. Are those the Armani fisting gloves? Why, yes, they are. I was elbow deep in a neighbor earlier. I was elbow deep. Okay, so I had a sound clip that I wanted to play here, but I'm just, you know, I'm still learning this soundboard. So I think I have a thing where it's like my favorites, Fox in the City segment, sound favorites, all the way here, okay? So this is what, oh yeah, yeah. So about designer couture, that designer disease couture, then I was going to say. It's very expensive. Yes, yes. The Armani fisting gloves are very, very expensive. It's
1: very expensive. So they
0: are. Close oh, your no, legs no, no. to marry men.
1: Close close. Close your legs to marry me. Excuse me? It? Close your legs to marry
0: men. I hate this. <laughs> <it. laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Okay, where was I? I need to check off my little boxes of things that I need to talk about. I mean, these notes really read cum and, and fisting gloves. And, I mean, it's. I just hope my therapist never sees this. Because then he'll be like, you really do have issues. And by he, I mean a lesbian. Okay. And seriously, my um, my therapist is a lesbian named Monica. And she's fantastic. She's the best. I don't know why I misgendered her. I don't know why. I don't... You know, that's patriarchy speaking, as if only a man can be in a position of authority, even when she's a woman. Okay, so I was channel surfing, which I've been doing a lot of, a lot of. And I was watching The Learning Channel, and you know, The Learning Channel is so ironically titled, because I'm into that 90 Day Fiancé show. They have so many different iterations of 90 Day Fiancé, before the 90 days, 90 Day Fiancé, the other way around, where it's an American going and trying to get a visa to live someplace else, like in Afghanistan. Um, Or 90 Day Fiance, Happily Ever After, Happy Day Fiance. uh, It's crazy. It's more than CSI. It's out of control with The Learning Channel, and I just think The Learning Channel is so ironically titled. But one of the shows that The Learning Channel has picked up is Dr. Pimple Popper, which I am... I'm obsessed with pimple popping, and I love, I don't, like, they're getting too hardcore on that show. It's becoming, like, pimple popping torture porn, where it's no longer just pimples or cysts, but it's, like, people with, like, these humongous, like, second heads growing from their neck, and and she pops those, like, a whole, like, absorbed fetus she's popping. I don't like to see all that. I don't want to see the deformities and stuff like that. I just want to see a really gushy, squirting pimple. Being popped, okay? But now, because it's the Learning Channel and they can't just do one iteration of a show, she has a spin off show. And her spin off sh- show is called Dr. Pimple Popper colon, before the pop.
1: Prime it. Just- okay? Tease it. Squeeze it. Your skin is the largest organ on your body. Pop it. And we'll stop waiting. They're fun to remove. Are <laughs> you okay? Celebrating a new pop culture. Very satisfying to watch. <laughs> I it's remember. definitely going to get messy. Ooh. Dr. Pimple Popper, Thursday at nine, brand
0: new to TLC. And that's just the regular show. So I don't even know what Before the Pop is going to be about. Like, (laughs) are they just following people around with like these really awful overgrown blackheads for like a week before they go in to see Dr. Pimple Popper? What are they gonna do? A Dr. Pimple Popper video game created by The Learning Channel. It's gonna be Dr. Mario Pimple Popper. (laughs)
1: <laughs> It's-a me! It's-a Mario! I'm-a-I'm me its mario i am
0: ai am a, a doctor Pimple Popper now! I'm a bottom and I also like to snort the Poppers! I have a feasting fetish and a popping pimples! So I snort the Popper, which is VHS Cleaner, and I have a show and now you can do it too! And my new video game is me. me! am Mario! are just
1: feasted me! (laughs) Woo!
0: That's just very odd (laughs) to me. The learning channel. It's just basically like a pimple popping fetish show. Oh, I'm learning so much. I'm learning so much by watching the pimple popper fetish. It's so great. What's next? Dr. Pimple Popper Special Victims Unit. You know, I was, I've, I've talked about this. I was sexually abused when I was a child. And um, I think one of the ways that's manifested, one of the symptoms of it that's consistent with being an abuse survivor is I, I do skin picking. I do. I do do skin picking. So maybe that could be like an an episode of Dr. Pimple Popper. Maybe that's what Before the Pop is. Like what what leads you to pick at your own skin? I'm just I'm just pitching. When you live in Los Angeles, you become one of those bottoms who's like, you never know if you're talking to somebody who's in the industry. So you're constantly selling a show. So that's what I'm doing. These are just ideas. I'm just spitballing here. The learning Channel, get in touch with me. We can we can do something with this. Now, I'm also um, fascinated by the idea of pimple-popping to- top tops. Are you a popping top or a popping bottom? Now, hear me out on this. So the reason why—so if, if you're the one who's doing the popping, you are the top. You're the popping top. You're the pop-top. But if you're the one who likes getting your pimples popped by somebody else, then you're the pimple popping bottom. So clearly Dr. Pimple Popper is like the king of, or the queen, I should say, of the pop tops. That's what she is. But when you're have, when you like me and you have exorcation, I think it's, I, I don't remember the exact words, but when you start picking on yourself and pimple farming on yourself, then it's hard to tell because you're like, the top and the bottom It's kind of like those porns where a guy has a pee-pee that is so big that he can literally tuck it between his legs and screw himself, right? And that's kind of like, that's what I am. But then again, I guess that I may be a little bit of a pimple-popping top. I'm definitely verse, but I'm a little bit of a pop-top because um, I like to pimple farm on boyfriends which probably explains why I haven't had sex in six years, and I'm so terminally single. So I don't know if you can tell, but I did K last Saturday. Did lots of K. Really, a lot of K. Uh, if you listen to the last episode of my podcast, you know that means not ketamine, but keratin. I went to see Leandro, and now my hair is—it's long, it's luscious. I know it looks like a little bit like I'm transitioning, Caitlyn Jenner-wise, but um, I'm not—I'm not transitioning into Caitlyn Jenner. I'm—I'm I'm transitioning into with my glasses and this long blonde hair,
1: uh, Garth from Wayne's World, right? It's-
0: I loved that movie that's such a good movie Mike Myers had such a string of really good movies I like Wayne's World wasn't there a Wayne's World sequel let me look that up I'm not sure I think there was a Wayne's World sequel Wayne's World 2 yeah
1: 1993
0: film I don't really remember it that much though Yeah, and then he just kind of fell off the face of the planet because ageism, right? It's like, oh, he's uh, he's getting old, so we don't we don't want another Austin Powers movie. We don't want to do, you know, he. I don't like that because I understand now that I'm a middle-aged woman what that's like to be discarded. I feel like Deborah Winger. Remember that documentary that came out? Where in the world is Deborah Winger? Because she just fucking disappeared once she turned forty. Not by her own choice, but because people in Hollywood were like, okay, we're not interested in you. You're not interesting anymore that you're older. We just don't care. Just just go away. Remember in Death Becomes Her, I should get this clip for a future show, where the guy who gives Meryl Streep the number for um, the woman who has the potion and the, the woman from um, Blame It on Rio's like, she has the French accent, and then when she gets busted by her boss, she's like, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Chagall. I'm really, really sorry. And Mr. Chagall goes, please just go away. And he has trouble keeping his eye open. Just go away. That's how people were with, with uh, what's her name, with Deborah Winger. Although I do think that things are getting better for women. I think that there are more opportunities for women of a certain age, middle-aged women, to to have careers and flourish with them, especially because the television landscape has become so expansive and created so many opportunities. So that's a good thing. That's one way that we're evolving to be better. Um, too bad the planet is going to eat us because of climate change. But at least Deborah Winger can have roles. Okay, so I have a new segment for my show. I don't have any theme music or anything, um, which is probably fine because I've been a little clips heavy in the show so far. So I have a title and I need to read the title verbatim. So the new ti- the title of this new segment is reasoning by antithesis colon. Help me understand. Okay. So the idea behind this segment is I'm going to take an argument that I don't an argument that makes sense to me, but doesn't make sense to conservative people. And then I'm I'm going to try to use like the antithesis of the argument that I believe it. Okay, it's better to just... You know what? If you have to explain the joke, it's not funny. If you have to explain the segment, it's not worth doing. So let me just jump right in, okay? So people against Antifa, right? First of all, I don't like the shortening of Antifa to Antifa because I think it allows people to engage in this convenient distancing of what they're saying that they're for or against. Stop calling it Antifa. Start calling it anti-fascism. So people who are like, "Ooh, Antifa! I'm against Antifa! Are you Antifa? That's horrible! Okay, so are you for fascism? You're against people against fascism. So you're for it. Help me understand. How does that make sense? How is that a good thing? Okay. Here's another example. You're against the Green New Deal. This one really boggles my mind because California is literally a fiery hellscape right now. All week, it's been orange. It's been fucking Blade Runner orange every time I go outside. So, like, I get how, like, the CEO of Exxon might be against saving the climate because they're... I mean, I don't agree with that standpoint, but I get how that's where their investments lie, right? They're more about the bottom line. And if the, if the climate has to go away and be destroyed, then so be it. But I don't understand how that logic extends to the average person in the world. Like, yeah, fuck the new Green Deal. Fuck that. I want a toxic, burning wasteland, it just helped me help me understand that. Yeah, the Green New Deal is just that AOC is just crazy with that Green New Deal. I want a brown shithole to live in where you can't drink the water or breathe the air. That's what I'm for. Reasoning by antithesis. So the NRA just did this tweet that really riled me up. I try not to get political or too political on Twitter unless it's about Big Brother. Then I'm like, ah, I'll dive right in. I'm Greg Louganis. Let's go there. But, uh, but stuff like guns, like it's not good to engage the gun lobby or any gun nuts because you, they're just not driven by logic. So the NRA tweeted something like, guns aren't the problem. Guns aren't the problem. And I wrote them back and I was like, Oh, that's like somebody saying, that's like somebody saying, uh, cancers. Cancer's not the problem. No, it's not cancer. Cancer's not the problem. It's those pesky people who get cancer. Cancer? That's hilarious. I mean, come on. That's really annoying. Or what's this other example that I came up with? Hold on. I had to look at my notes. I had to look at my notes. Um, okay, we've done that. Uh, 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 or, or, or this is what I said this is actually what I said maybe I can pull up the tweet but that'll take too long this is what I said I said something along the lines of the NRA is saying guns aren't the problem is like an abusive spouse or an abusive parent who blames their bloodshed and bruises on their victims like you love to make me hit you don't you remember when what's her name said that uh Joan Crawford, well, in the movie version of her life. You love to make me Clean up this mess. Clean it up and nothing is clean. You are making me do this to you. No, 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 no. Guns are the problem. Are, and it's the same thing as like anti-maskers right now who are like, COVID's not the problem. It's just like the flu. The problem is all of you are sheeple. You're just sheeple. Like, no, you have to look at the instruments that you have in front of you. And some instruments in your toolbox are going to do damage and harm to people. And some are going to do great for people, right? So I just find it very ironic that the people who... The very same people who are like, I need guns because I need to protect myself, are also saying, I'm not going to wear a mask. I don't care if... I I. Who cares? Who cares if I get somebody else sick? I don't care. Oh, I had to do my Allison there. Hold on. Where is it? I need to simplify this. I have too many. Let me see if I can show you this. See, these, this is my soundboard and there's just too many things. I think it's on favorites.
1: I don't care if I sacrifice the life of anybody else. I need it now.
0: Right? So what is it? Like, you're so afraid that you have to have a ton of arms and artillery in your home that your kid may have access to. On the off chance that somebody breaks into your house, then you have to protect yourself. Right? But it makes absolutely no sense for people to wear masks. I, I just... Uh I I don't understand it. I don't understand it. So I think I made a lot of sense there. Uh, But in more uplifting news, you know, I'm a big horror movie fan. And uh, Scream 5 is coming out, which I'm very excited about. I actually know Kevin Williamson, who is the writer of the first, I think, two films. And, I mean, it's his brainchild, right? And he worked with Wes Craven and the way that I know him is that he was a fan of Big Brother and he lives in Los Angeles and right after I did the show he came up and started a conversation with me and he told me his name was Kevin I had no idea it was Kevin Williamson and I'm a horror nut but I'm kind of at any rate, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm name dropping right now. I'm starfagging. Yeah, Kevin Williamson, I know him. And uh, the screen time is coming out. And this is all very, very. It's very expensive. It's very expensive. And I went up to him and he was like, oh my gosh, are those? And I was like, Chanel fisting gloves. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they are Kevin Williamson. So I'm I'm excited about this new scream movie. The only thing that so, so the big news this week is that Nev Campbell has agreed to do the movie. And I like that. I mean, I I like Nev Campbell, but I really do think that they should serious talk. I think that they should kill her in the first 10 minutes of the movie. Hear me out on this. Okay. The reason why I feel like they should do that is because they really wanted Drew Barrymore, who gets killed in the first 10 minutes of the first movie, to be the star of the first screen movie. And she was like, no, I think what's cool about it is you have the big star who everybody thinks is going to make it to the end of the film and then doesn't. And so that I th- that would be a cool way to reboot the series. Right. And if they're bringing people back, the person who I really want to see even more than Sidney Prescott, who is Nev Campbell's character, I want to see Jackie from Roseanne, Debbie Salt, Billy Loomis's mother.
1: Let him try and track down the second possible killer. Debbie Salt doesn't exist.
0: Hold on. We have to. That alliteration is everything.
1: Let him try to track down the second
0: possible killer. She's really enunciating.
1: Let him try and track down the second possible killer. Debbie Salt doesn't exist. You're as crazy as your son was. What did you say? What did you just say? Was that a negative, disparaging remark about my son? About my Billy? No, Billy was a good boy. Billy was perfect. You did a bang-up job, Mrs. Lewis. It's <laughs> not wise to patronize me with a gun, Sydney. Randy spoke poorly of Billy, and I got a little knife happy. <laughs> I was a good mother. <laughs> you know what makes me sick? I'm sick to death of people saying that it's all the parents' fault. It all starts with the family. You want to blame someone? Why don't, Why don't you blame your mother? mother? She's the one who stole my husband and broke up my family. And then you took. My son. Yes, Debbie Salt. You don't know what it is to be a mother. To raise a child. To teach him. And guide him. And abandon him. Isn't Mickey
0: supposed to be dead? I love that. I'm sorry. I just, I love Jackie from Roseanne when she is just totally off the rails. When she's just kind of. You know, jerking her head around, and one eye is popping out and bigger than the other. That's my. I think that's peak Jackie from Roseanne. Although she was very good in that movie that she was nominated for the Academy Award for, and uh, what what was it called? And I think she, frankly, should have won. I think she should have beat Alice and Jenny that year. The one with Saoirse Ronan. Lady Bird where she was the mother I just thought it was a more layered performance and it wasn't over the top so she can really do it all you know she was she was the Kathy Bates character in Misery on Broadway I don't know if she won the Tony for that but she's excellent I'm, I'm very much for her so bring Debbie Salt back If it, it, I don't care if she was shot in the head bring her back get Dr. Rolfe from Days of Our Lives and fucking bring Debbie Salt back that's the energy that we need, the verb that we need. Speaking of horror shows Melania Trump's scorn friend Stephanie Wolkoff described Melania's marriage to Donald as a transactional marriage, which, frankly, I think, is shocking. I never I always was under the impression, that that was a tale of true love between those two little songbirds, Melania and, and, and Donald. I mean, I could just say, when I met, um, when we met Donald and I in Bulgarian red light district and he paid cash for services sexual rendered, um, I thought, uh, I knew it was true love. I mean, I really don't care, do you? Transactional marriage. We have a we have a transactional marriage. You don't know want to beat
1: me or screw me? What kind of marriage is this? Bring a
0: book. There's always some transaction. You know, some people get off on hating one another, so maybe maybe it's that type of marriage. She see she's clearly the type of person who's okay with her husband grabbing women by the vagina and then bragging about it and I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of disconnect. There's a lot of emotional distancing that one must do in her position. Um, and and, I, and in a way, I believe gay people look at that and, and want to cultivate that, that sadness that must be in her. You see all these videos of every time he tries to hold her hand, she just lurches away. is just, ugh, <sighs> is so disgusted by him. And gay people, for whatever reason, get that they want her to be a diva. They want her to be a a a Patty LaPone. They want her to be an Ava Perone. They want her to be all the Perones and LaPones and everything and Simone's Simone de Beauvoir. Why can't that be Melania? Why can't it be? Uh, speaking of Trump, Trump is nominated. <laughs> I think this news just came out yesterday. Trump has been nominated for his second Nobel Peace Prize for his work on the Serbia-Kosovo deal. Which I'll be very frank about as a bottom, I don't know what that deal is. I know that the Serbs, and I, I, there's just danger there, and so maybe he worked some magic. I, I don't understand, but he is nominated. And the irony of this guy getting nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize, which, by the way, he spelled noble. He tweeted it, or his press announcement, they, they called it the Nobel Peace Prize, and I think they've done this twice now, where they thought Nobel is noble, but at any rate... That's just another divergence. But the irony of him being nominated when he is gleefully watching his own country literally burn to the ground, either because his climate change non-policies where he's left the Paris... uh, accord or agreement or whatever and has stripped away all of these protections for the environment so we have places in California that are just burning down and the entire state as i said is this is this apocalyptic orange color or from the riots that are happening in cities all across the united states where the cities are burning down because of that uh, and, and he's just making things worse. I mean, watching him getting nominated for this prize, it's like, it's like Ike T- Turner winning Husband of the Year, right? Like Ike Turner, of all people, winning Husband of the Year. And I thought I had a clip for this. Hold on, let me see. Yeah, I probably forgot to put it in there. But let's see, I think I have it someplace else. Yeah.
1: I'm trying to help Ike, alright? Trying to help Ike? You trying to help Ike? I ain't the motherfucker that needs help! You the one that needs some help! What y'all think about this song, huh? Huh? No, no, uh, it ain't cool. It ain't cool till I say it's cool. This Ike and Tina, and you gonna sing like I tell you to sing. You gonna sing this motherfucker until you get it right, you
0: understand me? And then he, like, beats her up and then rapes her, and and then it would be like, oh, okay, let's, you know what, husband of the year, father of the year, Ike Turner. Or it would be like, him being nominated for this prize, it would be like inviting Matthew Shepard's killers to the Glad Awards and then giving them some type of ally award. Or it would be like giving Ellen DeGeneres boss of the year for 2020. I just can't I just can't wait. I cannot wait until this guy is out of office and please just let it happen sooner than later. And then I'll take out the spray paint and I'll be like
1: What, what are you what are you writing? G Sud Donads goats good time Good goodbye. <laughs> Off.
0: It makes me laugh, you guys. Hold on. I had to. I'm gonna do, okay. So, uh, you know, as I was saying, it, it, it is very scary being in Los Angeles right now because, because of the fires. And I'm sure many of you, if you haven't, let's see if I can pull it up. I mean, that's one of the benefits of doing the live show. So, San Francisco. sky let's see i mean look at these pictures it's it's really eerie i mean it, look at that look at all of these pictures of san francisco and i'll tell you it's not much better in los angeles i was doing a periscope twitter live this week and and i had to reverse the orientation of my camera and show people just, like, how orange it was there, too. Oh, I wish I had the clip from RuPaul's Drag Race where (laughs) Alyssa Edwards says to Coco Montrese, look at how orange you look. Look at how orange you look. It is, as I said before, it's like a Blade Runner orange, a post-apocalyptic orange, a Coco Montrese orange tone, and... It's very terrifying to live in this state. And by state, I mean that both literally, like the state of California and, and also more metaphorically or abstractly, like the state of, of Trump's America. So I was thinking today about how I'm 44 and what if this was the year that I was supposed to find love I go out every week to bars, which I haven't been able to do in 180 days or 178, whatever number I said at the beginning of the show. And what if this was the year that, like, I was going to meet the guy going out? And I know that's just kind of a pipe dream, but it's sad. I think of all of the opportunities that I may have lost out on as a result of this lockdown and this pandemic and... And it makes me sad, and I guess I'll just have to take a, a rain check for love. I think I'll uh,
1: take a rain check. A golden rain check. A <laughs> chance of beef stew in it!
0: <laughs> She's so funny. She's so funny to me. Let's see what is going on. I'm. You can see in the background here, I don't get what I did. I got these beautiful, I guess they're hydrangeas, is that what they're called? I don't know what they're called. I've had these only for like four hours and they're already dead. They were beautiful when I first put them in the vase. And so my mom responded to this on Facebook, I'm just curious to see, because she's a flower person, not a botanist or anything, she just likes pretty, pretty flowers. So I want to see which I'm very much I think I've said this on the show many moons ago but I f- what is that movie Kiss the Girls where the guy from the Princess Bride collects the women he kidnaps them and then he keeps them in these literal slave tunnels under a southern plantation and he makes them perform and then he kills them and that's how I feel about myself but with plants like, anytime I get a real plant and then bring it in, it's like a kiss the girl situation. I'm like, be beautiful for me. And then it dies, right? And so, like, I'm, I'm that guy's character. Let's see. Um, I hate new Facebook. Isn't it awful? Like, I never know. Sometimes it has the sidebar that will allow me to access the groups. Other times it does not. It's very confusing to me. Okay, so here's the post. Put these in hot water to revive them. I learned that from David Brown, okay? And no cold water, and and add no cold water to the hot. Well, I think it's too late. I think I've already given them full-blown COVID or AIDS or whatever they have. I don't think there's coming back from that. I think it would take a seance like a hot water seance to bring those plants back. Very depressing. I don't know how, I don't know what the deal, like I remember watching that movie with um, Sandra Bullock, where she's the alcoholic and like 38 days or whatever that movie was. And they said in her group, okay, when you get out of the program, don't start a relationship until you can keep a plant alive for at least a month. And here's why that doesn't make a lot of sense to me because I have a French bulldog and he thrives and it's wonderful and I know how to take care of him. I just don't have a green thumb. I have like a doo doo brown. I'm, like my, it kills, it kills, it kills plants. I spent fifteen dollars on those hydrangeas and they're already dead. I'm already, I'm already sp- spray painting my goodbye.
1: What are you, what are you writing, <laughs> just that. Gonads! Uh, goats! Good time! Good,
0: goodbye! I'm sorry. I know I already did that one twice. I know I already did that one twice. Look at just how sad they are. They're all like leaning over. Like they have, like they have scoliosis. And they need help they have scoliosis. Okay. So I am going to, because it's been about an hour and I just need to do some closing thoughts. We're going to, going to meditate together. What am I going to have for dinner? Okay. Just stop, Reagan. Stop. I'm so scattered right now. Um, I want to thank you all. I want to remind you that there's a whole community on Facebook called uh, Fox in the City, colon The Foxhole a fan group for Reagan Fox's podcast. Please come into that group and tell me if you like what you've been hearing. I, I had to tell you, I had to admit, I hate to toot my own horn. Toot, toot. But or <clears throat> but I have been listening to my show, which I sometimes do not do. And the last two episodes, I've really enjoyed. I They've made me laugh and they've made me think. And so it's important that you contribute too, And just join the group and let me know if you like, if you like what you hear. And uh, I hope all of you have a really great 9-11. <laughs> Again, that sounds so fucked up. A great 9-11 weekend. And uh, we're going to close out today. What did I have planned for the outro? Oh, yeah. So for the outro today, I'm going to do a little bit of Grease too. And there's a song on Grease 2 that is probably the, like, the most reviled song from that movie, but I like it. And it's the one that Michael sings, and it's called Charades on Grease 2. I think it's fantastic. And so we're going to close out to that song, Okay. He was so handsome. What was his name? not Oh my
1: God, Bob!
0: I got a shell oh, oh, fighting.
1: Yeah. Oh look at how handsome he is. <laughs> I don't care.
0: Yes, I really messed up
1: by trying to be tricky when only one heart.
0: Max Maxwell Caulfield, that's his name.
1: Why can't I be?
0: A song I want to sing to every crush I have. Oh,
1: please don't mind me. I love it when he's drawing the hearts. Performing my heart as I paint. Upon me, you won't find me. Oh,
0: he's so handsome.
1: Because it's a portrait of the artist. Mm-hmm. Look, brothers with the talent show Fucking twins. <laughs>